Hallelujah. What a joy it is to be with God's people. You ever thought about what it's going to be like when we get around the throne? They ain't going to have nobody else there looking like you. Ain't that good? We're all going to look different. And there's going to be all kind of different nationalities and all of that. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time when we get around the throne of, of, of the Lord, just worshiping and celebrating and just, uh, just having a good time with our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn with the book of Acts, chapter 2. Acts, chapter 2. I, my, my, my intention tonight is not to hold you too long. I want to talk about water baptism. I want to talk about just following the Lord in this. We have several that's going to get baptized tonight. I just want to explain this a little bit. And it's all right. Every now and then we need to refresh ourselves on what water baptism is all about and what it means to us as a child of God. And that's what I really want to talk about a little bit tonight, if you'll, if you'll allow me to. In Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. <clears throat> this is a, this is a uh, scripture here. Peter is, is beginning to preach. and he is, uh, This is after the coming of the Holy Spirit, the coming of uh, the Comforter that was sent. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the Bible says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's telling them, I want every one of you to be baptized. Every one of you to be baptized. The, the, the act of water baptism, as we know it, and, and we practice this all the time, but the act of water baptism is just simply being immersed in water in the response of receiving salvation. <clears throat> it was a joy of mine over the last few weeks that several individuals has come and gave their heart to the Lord and, and rededicated their life. Matter of fact, we've had about 18 to come and give their heart to the Lord and either uh, rededicated their life. That's a wonderful thing. We as a church need to be rejoicing about that. Amen. And last Sunday, I understand that you had one that was, uh, that was saved last Sunday. We had three that was down at the altar this morning to, to surrender their heart to the Lord and rededicate their heart to the Lord. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that people still have an understanding that they need, to, that they need a Savior. Amen. And they need to come and, and, and give their heart to the Lord. But the act of water baptism, of just being immersed, and we're going we're gonna to go through that in just a little bit about, upon receiving salvation. And I believe that it's a very, very important step in the, in the Christian life, a very important first step in the Christian life. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, we see the Lord Jesus himself. You'll see the story that, that he came to his cousin John one day to be baptized in order that the Bible says that he would fulfill all righteousness. He also then went to establish baptism as an eternal ordinance for his church. We know it as an ordinance of the church, calling every believer to follow in his footsteps. That's what we do. We just simply follow in the Lord's footsteps. And I, I don't know of anybody else better to follow than the Lord Jesus Christ. How about you? There's a lot of things, there's a lot of places that, and people that we can follow, but he's number one, amen? We need to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 28 and 19, and, and if you're taking scriptures down, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight, so you may want to write some of these down. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When you think about this, and also you bring us where we are, are today in 2015 and in our modernized comfort zone Christianity, if you will, if you'll allow me to, to, to label it that way, we sometimes have a Christianity that, that is modern. We sometimes have a Christianity that, that excuse what I'm fixing to say, but sometimes we have a lazy Christianity that, that we want God to do all these things for us, but we don't want to do nothing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that true? But the Lord is calling us to work for him. The Lord is calling us to be about our father's business, is he not? The 
Lord is calling us to, to, to dedicate our life and, and to testify to everybody else that we're around, be it family or be it friend or whoever it may be, that we can tell them of the Lord Jesus Christ and what the Lord has done for our life. But in our modernized comfort zone, if you will, we do, and, and sad to say, we tend to take God's commandments far too lightly. As Chuck Colson, he points out, he says this, he says, most Westerners take baptism for granted, but for many in the world, the act requires an immense courage. In countries like Nepal, it once meant imprisonment. For Soviet and Chinese and Eastern Bloc believers, it was like signing their own death warrant. And what we're going to do at the end of the service is a privilege, I feel like. What we're going to do at the end of the service is a wonderful thing that we can follow the Lord in his footstep. But, but when he come and got baptized, he told us to do the same thing, Brother David. And we're going to be, we're going to be taking those into the baptism pool tonight. But do you understand, there are places all over the world that people have to go underground to get baptized. There are places all over the world that people are being imprisoned in order to be baptized. They're being put in prison and they're being put to death simply because they believe and they want to follow what the Lord says in scriptures. We don't like to think about that. We don't like to even imagine that, that something like that could go on. But I'm telling you tonight, church, it's happening in our world today. It's happening today. And what we get to do, what we get to experience is a wonderful thing. Hallelujah. We get to follow the Lord in what he tells us to do. We all know about a wedding. We all know about a wedding ring. We know that the wedding ring is an outward sign that a person is married. Amen? We know that a military uniform is an outward sign that a person is involved in a particular branch of service. And when you look at water baptism as well, it's a symbol, if you will, that's designed by God to identify a person as to the disciple of Jesus Christ. It's an outward sign. You're doing a, you're doing a private thing. You're asking the Lord into your heart, and you may have done it audibly. You may have done it just, just, just whispering his name to come into your life. I don't know how it was done for you, but I'm telling you, when you get baptized, it's an outward sign that you are a born again believer. Amen. You're going to be buried the old life. The old life is not there anymore. You're going to be resurrected a new life. What Jesus Christ has done for you, what, it, what, it, what he's blessed you with, what he's honored you with. Can I tell you that I've got some people, and I know of some people that says, well, I was baptized 30 and 40 years ago, and I don't need to get baptized anymore. You might do. You might need to go back and get your first works redone over again, amen. Because I promise you, there's some things probably took place in your life that the Lord has not been pleased with, amen. We're just all human. Can we just be honest with one another? There's mistakes that we made. I can't tell you, Brother Rains, how many times I was baptized as a child and as a young person, as a young adult growing up. And I can tell you this tonight. If God lays it on my heart one more time to get baptized, I'm getting in the pool. You say, Pastor, you're the preacher. I don't care who I am. Because God is doing something for his church. You've heard me tell this story over and over. My dad tell this story about my 70-something-year-old grandmother that just laid it upon her heart one day. I want to get rebaptized before the Lord takes me home. And Brother Ruddick, they said they got this big old heavy-set woman. My grandmother got up in that baptismal pool, and that little old preacher didn't know if he could get her dunked or not, but he managed to get her dunked. And when she come up, she began to shout just the praises of Almighty God just blessed her, and his presence was there. She, she couldn't keep... They couldn't keep her in the tub. They, she had to get out in the little side room. And the little side room got too small. And she finally come out. This is on a Sunday morning, I believe. The, she come out in the, in the sanctuary where everything was dry going on. Everything was dead. But can I tell you, when that big old jolly woman come out, revival took place. Revival broke out because God was ministering to somebody. And it spread all over the house. Why did that happen, Pastor? Because you had a little lady 
that was obedient to the voice of Almighty God and made up her mind, I don't care who I am, I don't care how many times I've been baptized, I just feel like God wants me to get baptized one more time. And we're following the Lord. We're identifying with Jesus Christ. We're identifying with Him. And we look at this word as a symbol. I use that word with a little caution. And to say that is just simply, simply a symbol. It, it takes away from the depth, if you will. It takes away from the beauty of water baptism. Because water baptism is so much more than a symbol. It's so much more than that. The Bible says that when we are saved, we are spiritually baptized into Christ. When you look in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, the Bible says, For all of you who are baptized into Christ hath clothed yourselves with Christ. Hallelujah. We are also baptized into his body, and we call it the church. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, the Bible says, For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to, uh, to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all all given one spirit to drink. Are you thankful for that? Baptism in water is an outward representation of inward things that's going on in my life. What's the inward things? Jesus has come in and he's wiped away all the stuff. Jesus has come in and he's wiped away all the, the guilt. He's come in and he's taken my sins and he's thrown it as far as the east is from the west. I'm no longer remembered that way as the old man. I'm now a new man in Christ. Amen. You're a new woman in Christ. And when I go and get baptized, I'm proclaiming I'm an outward representation of an old guy that's buried, that's dead with Christ. I'm going to be resurrected with him. Hallelujah. And he's given us new life to walk in. Amen. Amen. Through water baptism. Can I tell you that when you look at water baptism, water represents an inner cleansing. Now, most of you know when I say this, every one of us, every now and then, needs a bath. Is that true? It's all right. Every now and then, you can talk to me tonight. Every now and then, we all need to get in a shower. There's times that uh, we'll go camping. There's times that we'll have boys rendezvous stuff. There's times that we'll go on men's retreat that some of us guys, you know how us guys is, we may not take a shower for a day or two. There's times that some of us will go hunting, and we'll be in a camper, and we'll be out in the woods, and we feel like, well, you know, nobody's here to smell me. It's not going to bother the deer. Yes, it will. Look, when you stink, you stink to all mankind and animals alike. Amen. They don't want to come around you. So every now and then, we need a little water in our life. And so water represents an inner cleansing, an inner cleansing. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, when Christ was talking to the church, he said, I want to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word. Amen. I want to cleanse her by the washing with water through the word. And then in Hebrews 10 and 22, it says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that thought faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That's what's going on in our heart. It represents an inner cleansing that's going on. But not only that, it represents also a spiritual rebirth. Hallelujah. Water represents a spiritual rebirth. In John chapter 3 verse 5, Jesus answered and he said this, Verily truly I, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of spirit. When you've given your heart to the Lord tonight, 
Do you understand that he's baptizing you? When you surrender your heart to the Lord, his spirit is coming in, is residing in your life tonight. It's taking the old flesh. It's getting all that stuff out of your life that's keeping you alienated from the, from the presence of Almighty God. And he's ministering to you and he's filling you up with his spirit. Hallelujah. And so what he's doing, it represents a spiritual rebirth. Oh, no, I can't go back in my mama's womb a second time. But can I tell you, he's reborning me. I know that's not a word and a term, but I'm just making it that way tonight. He's re, I'm, I'm being reborn. I'm having a rebirth. I'm coming alive all over and afresh and new again simply because of the mercy and the grace and the salvation of what he's done for me on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. That's good enough to give him praise for. Amen. He's worthy of that. Water baptism. In essence, when you want to look at it, in essence, it's a funeral. Now, we don't, have, we don't want to have a funeral service tonight, but it's, it's a funeral. It's an act of faith in which we testify both to God and to the world that the person that we were before is dead and buried, and we are raised a new creature in Christ. We're raised a new creature in Christ. Matter of fact, the former things in my life has passed away. Amen. I thank God to, for a merciful God and a deliverer. I thank him for loving us even when we were in our own sin. He still loved us. I thank God for bringing us out of darkness into his glorious light. That's what we're talking about tonight. I'm not who I used to be. You are not who you used to be. You have been changed because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He's washed me. He's sanctified me. He's redeemed me. He's justified me. He's saved me. Hey, I'm not who I used to be. I have been changed, hallelujah. How do you know that, pastor? Because my walk is a little different and my talk is a little different. I've got a new look about me. I've got a new name, my Bible says, that's written down in glory, hallelujah. I'm not who I used to be. I have been changed. My old man has been crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ. My body and my mind and my soul is no longer a slave to sin. If you're in the house tonight and Satan has still got his hands on you, then you're in bondage tonight. You've got the chains wrapped around you. You're not free tonight. But thank God for every one of us in here that's been born again. We have been freed. We have been changed. Our mind, our soul, our body is no longer a slave to sin. How do you know, Pastor? Because my eyes see a different way tonight. My ears hear a different thing tonight. My tongue speaks a different way. My feet go a different path tonight. I'm not who I used to be. I have been changed how about you i've got a transformation that's taken over in my life i've got a renewed spirit that's taken place i've got a renewed mind i've got a renewed heart hey i'm not like i used to be i have been changed i've got a new look on life i've got life everlasting can i tell you my slate has been wiped clean and i'm starting all over afresh and anew with the lord jesus christ we'll give him praise hallelujah Hallelujah. It don't stop there. It goes on to say, my sin has been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. They are as far as the east is from the west, the north from the south. The prophet Isaiah said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. Hallelujah. I'm not who I used to be. I have been changed. I heard my elders talk about salvation. I heard my mama, and you have too. And I heard my dad talk about salvation. I've heard the preachers talk about it. I've heard evangelists talk about it. Yes, you hear him say, 
If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that you've raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. And I believe that. I chose to believe that. And many of you chose to believe that. You are not what you used to be. You have been changed. How do you know? I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for His blood. I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I've been transformed and renewed by the Spirit of my mind. I have put on a new man and they've been recreated in righteousness and true holiness. My feet no longer goes where it needs to go. I was blind, but can I tell you, now I can see. Hallelujah. I was lost, but now I have been found. My eyes don't look at the things that they used to. My feet don't go. My ears don't listen. My mouth don't say what they what they used to. My heart don't hate and lust like it used to. I have been changed. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many of us have done things we're not proud of. Many of us have done things we're not proud of. But thank God for a merciful God. Hallelujah. Thank God for a merciful God. You can read the scripture just like I can. When it says, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Look over to your neighbor and say, hey, you look new. He's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. No matter what you did in your past, no matter where you were in your past, when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you became a new creature. And all things have passed away. And all things have become new. You are a brand new person. Matter of fact, you're like a bright, shiny, good little penny that you find. It's a brand new penny. Just rub on it. It shines all over. It don't matter what you was in the past. Now you're somebody different. Whether you was a failure or a whoremonger or an adulterer or a thief, whatever the case may be, Jesus Christ has set you free today. Hallelujah. He set us free. Amen. We could have been a lot of things and we've done a lot of things, but aren't you thankful that he has set us free. Hallelujah. He has set us free. See, you could have been a convicted murderer, but he set you free. There's no telling where some of you would have been if you hadn't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But he has set you free. He has set you free. Thank God. He has set you free. You look in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. The Bible says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism. Unto death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Colossians chapter 2 verse 12 said, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Can I tell you that being baptized is a command of God. It's a command of God. I want, we need to understand that. It's a command of God, not an option. When we give our heart to the Lord, he said, follow me, just do this thing. Do this thing. It's an act that God requires of every believer. Say, Pastor, I've really never heard that before. Well, you're hearing it now. And if you've never been baptized, you need to get baptized. I'm telling you. You need to, you need to, you need to get baptized. You need to follow the Lord in what he, his example for us. Even in the last recorded words on, on earth in Mark 16 and 16, the Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Think about that for just a moment. The very call to a believer to him includes a call to be baptized. Not just to follow, but be baptized with me. And if he puts it in that category, he must think it's pretty serious, doesn't he? How many of you have ever read of an unbaptized Christian? You ever thought about that? An unbaptized Christian. Anywhere in the Bible. I, I've not read anywhere where there was an unbaptized Christian. 
In fact, baptism immediately followed a person's salvation when you go in the Scriptures. They didn't see it as something to be delayed. You know, sometimes we have dates and we put on, okay, we're going to baptize on this certain date. But you guys already know, and the church around here, you know, we, have, we do have days that we're going to be baptizing. But if we, need to have, if we need to run the water in the pool, we'll do it whenever we need to. Amen. If somebody needs to be baptized, we'll, we'll fill it up and baptize you. Acts chapter 2, very familiar scripture. says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3 said, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And on and on it could go. But when you go on down in that verse, in verse 38, when the people responded to Peter's sermon on that day, the first thing that he instructed them to do is just exactly where we started off our message tonight. He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We read further in verse 41 that they gladly received his word and was baptized. Amen. Look, at on, look on Acts chapter 8 verse 26. It says, Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, you know, you know this story, go south to the road and, and, uh, and the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandak, which simply means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem for worship. Verse 28 said, And on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah with the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near. You understand that this is the story, this is an account of Philip leading the Ethiopian eunuch to Christ. And as they finished their discussion, he asked him, well, what's hindering me from being baptized? What's hindering me? And the Bible goes on to say they came to a body of water and Philip promptly baptized this Ethiopian eunuch. Acts 22 and verse 16 says, And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on the name of the Lord. The very first thing that the Apostle Paul is told to do after his conversion was to be what? Baptized. I want you to be baptized. There's a whole no, another, uh, a number of instances we can read about in scriptures. You can look at Acts chapter 10, verse 46. The Bible says, For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said this, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. They wanted, to, In other words, they wanted to learn more and more about this thing. They wanted to learn about this thing. You can go to Acts chapter 16 and Acts chapter 16 verse 33, Acts chapter 18 verse 8, Acts chapter 19 verse 1 through 5. In every one of these cases, every one of these cases, there's a sense of urgency that is taking place that's attached to water baptism. And these people all responded to Jesus in simple faith. And we need to notice that they didn't see their faith as complete until they had obeyed the Lord's command in being baptized. They made it complete. One of the greatest things that I think that goes on every year at youth camps is that every year, whether it's the senior camp or the, the junior camp or, or the little kids camp, when, when, when the young children and the youth get saved, and I guess they still do this every year, Brother David, they don't, they have, they've missed some years. Well, we need to get that started back again. You need to tell them about that. But when I was growing up, every year on Thursday night, I believe, every year on Thursday night, those that got saved, we would take them to the pool and we would have water baptism. One of the most wonderful services I felt like as a kid growing up, as a young people, young person growing up. And they would, before they left the camp, before they left that camp experience, they would baptize them in the name of Jesus. And what a wonderful time. 
And we need to do that again. We need to, we need to honor that. James tells us in chapter 2, verse 17, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. What are you talking about? Well, You've got to put some works. You've got to put some legs to your faith. Amen. A living faith produces an obedient heart. It produces an obedient heart. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. In other words, we've got to follow his example. Amen. We've got to follow his example. You can look in Luke chapter 6, and the Lord here is on the Sabbath. He said one Sabbath, Jesus was going through of the grain fields. His disciples began to pick some grains of head, heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, have you ever never read what David did when he and his companions was hungry? When you go in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, we know that we have, we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person what are you talking about pastor we got to follow what the lord tells us to do amen we got to follow what he tells us to do and here's the thing i want you to understand especially those of you that's getting baptized tonight water baptism is to be our first act of obedience our first act of obedience now we'll have some that's going to be baptized tonight that just came up to me and just said pastor i just i just, the lord just laid it on my heart i just feel like i want to get baptized again Amen. And I'm glad, I'm glad God spoke to him about that way. That's exactly what happened to my grandmother. The Lord just wanted me to get baptized. How many of you remember several years ago at a revival service where we was going to have a baptism service when we had, I don't know, 15 or 20 people that was going to get baptized? Somehow something happened that night. God moved into the house in an extraordinary, wonderful way. And before it was over with, 68 people got baptized. People coming up in their suits, People coming up in their dresses. People coming up with their hair did, that left, did not did. All messed up. All watered down. But leaving under the anointing of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you say, Pastor, you don't want that to happen or not? Not if the Lord don't want it to. But if the Lord wants it to, I'm going to tell you, if the Lord lays it on your heart tonight while water baptism is going on, don't sit there and say, well, I didn't bring any clothes. Uh-uh, you can go home wet. Amen. You can go home wet. Just follow what the Lord tells you to do. Follow what the Lord tells you to do. Christians who do not follow Jesus in water baptism, you may, not, you may, you may have a different a feeling about this, but let me just share with you what I feel. If you're a child of God and you don't follow Jesus in water baptism, you've got a much higher rate of going back on the Lord because it's not important to you. It's not important to you. After all, if our walk with God did not begin with the most basic act of obedience, how many knows if that's the case, then we are going to start our relationship off on a faulty foundation. I'm not saying Jesus is faulty. I'm not saying his salvation is faulty. I'm just saying we need to follow. I mean, if, you're going to, if, if Jesus is something good enough for you to receive, why don't you just go ahead and get all of him? Amen. Amen. Just get everything that he offers. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want everything God has to offer me. I don't want him to hold nothing back. I want everything that he has to offer me. Baptism is a very special way of God communicating his love for you. Guys, listen, those of you that's going to get baptized now, when you get up in that, in that baptism pool, I want you to think about, there may be a lot of things you're thinking about. You're, you've got family here, and that's wonderful. And, and boy, I'm, I'm so glad that family members have come and, and want to celebrate this with their, with their children and, and, their, and their kinfolk. I, I appreciate that so much. 
But those of you that's getting baptized, now listen to me. When you get in that pool, I want you to understand something. You're doing a very, the very first act of obedience that God has asked you to do, following your salvation and giving your heart and rededicating your heart to the Lord. You're following. The Lord himself did that as an example for us. He went down to John. You remember that day John said, Lord, I, I don't need to baptize. You need to baptize me. He said, no, no. I've got to do this so that everything would be fulfilled. I want you to baptize me. And John baptized the master. And the Bible says when that took place, heavens were opened up. Hallelujah. A dove came down in the form, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit rather, in the form of a dove. The audible voice from God, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What a wonderful picture of what took place that day when Jesus, when John baptized Jesus rather. And when you're getting baptized tonight, I want you to understand you're following the Lord's example. You're following the Lord's example in what he's asked us to do. And when we, when we immerse you, when we bury you in that water tonight, I want you to understand you're being buried, that old man, that old woman, and you're being resurrected a new man, a new creation in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What you used to be is no more. Hallelujah. What I used to be is no more. I'm a new man. I'm walking new. I'm walking. I'm doing something different. I'm walking a new road. My, my words are different. Everything that I do is different because I'm following the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Musicians, if you will, come, if you will. The Bible says, that, therefore, if any person be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Now look, listen to this one more time as an amplified uh, scripture says, if there's any person in Christ, in other words, if there's any person engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, that he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. Amen. You're somebody totally different. The old, what are you talking about, Pastor? That previous moral person that you were, that previous spiritual condition that you had has passed away and you have become fresh and new in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what's happening tonight when we receive Jesus Christ and we're baptized with him. As you can see, and I hope you've understood that what I've, what I've said tonight, you have absolutely nothing to lose by getting baptized. Nothing. But you've got everything to gain by following the Lord Jesus Christ in water baptism. When you think about it, it all goes back to Jesus' statement in John chapter 14, verse 15, when it says this, If you love me, then keep my commandments. He has commanded us to be baptized. Amen? Now, I promise you, you husbands, you already know this. When you, when you promised yourself to your wife or that fiancé before you guys got married and you give her that ring, I'm gonna, there's a line that you cross right then. There's a secular song that says if you, if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it. But if you ain't put no ring on it, it could be anything. But once you put that ring on it, there's a line that you cross. And you've promised to that young lady. you promised to that young man <coughs> there's going to be certain things that I'm, going to, I'm not going to partake of, right? You're not going to partake of watching somebody else. Dating somebody else because you've promised yourself to that person, right? And especially when you get married and you marry them, there's a line that you cross. That's the problem with America today. We don't know where the line is. The line is blurred. <coughs> and that's why we've got divorce. 
That's rampant today. Man, I didn't begin, I don't, I don't want to preach about divorce tonight. That's not what my message is, but I'll tell you. We live in a day and we live in a time and a culture that we don't understand what, what vows are anymore. How many of you remember used to be years ago that when you made a deal, you'd, you'd done that deal just by a handshake? How many knows you better not do that today? You better not do it today because it'll mess you up. You better have papers. Well, we're following the Lord. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commandments. Baptism is a simple but profound act of obedience that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. If you've not taken this step, if you've not taken this step, I'm gonna, I don't care who you are, then my encouragement to you is you need to do it. You need to follow the Lord's baptism tonight. Amen?